Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Forrest and thank you for his life and the opportunity that many in this church have had to befriend him and to uh, walk with him and beside him and uh, now to rejoice with him in this new season of his life. And we pray that you would strengthen him, that you would uh, prepare his pathway ahead of him and that he would see you guiding his way. And uh, we're just so thrilled to have and to see this day come and uh, so thankful that we have a part um, in San Quentin and uh, the ministries there and uh, how they uh, go forth in many different uh, formats and ways through people in this church and many others. And so we pray, God, that your gospel would be known in that place. And uh, we ask today that you would help us celebrate your gospel message as well. Speak to us now, Holy Spirit. Would you guide us as we um, continue on in this worship service? May we present ourselves to you with hearts that are laid low before you and opened, and we ask you to dig out our ears so that we can be hearers and doers of your word. Guide us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about light, about light, and I want to ask you a couple of questions. How many of you, if you get woken up in the middle of the night, what is one of the first things you reach for? If you have to get up, other than your cell phone, <laughs> you, you, might, you might look for a light, right? Because uh, you may not want to stumble in the darkness as you go. Uh, if you ever had a surgery, if you ever had a surgery in an operating room, aren't you glad that uh, the LRs have good lights? Would you rather have a surgery beside a uh, candlelight or beside the underneath the actual uh, proper surgical uh, lighting. How about when you go to the doctor's office and you know those funny little things they might stick in your ears? And Doc, Eric, I don't know, doctors actually look in there. Do you see anything, really? <laughs> I don't understand. But I think on the end of those little doohickeys, they've got lights, right? Because it helps peer into the canal of your ear or down your throat or whatever it might be. Aren't you glad when you drive your car? That especially at night, after midnight, aren't you glad that other people have their lights on their car? How do you feel when you're driving late at night in the darkness and another car doesn't have their lights on? Does it make you happy? How many of you cuss? Now tell the truth. Okay, I'm glad nobody raised your hand. All right, that's okay. Light is so good because when light shines, it helps us. That is the whole point. Jesus tells us that the light is shining. The light is shining. I, I brought a couple of extra lights with me today. Jesus says that the light shines. <laughs> that would have been pretty bad. <laughs> the light shines in whatever form it is here, but we know when Jesus talks about light, he is talking about his very light. The gospel message the gospel that sometimes was a riddle and a mystery to people near him, around him. Jesus is the light. He describes himself as being the light giver. And he himself comes to uh, illuminate, not just the world, but to illuminate your life to yourself. To help bring into you an understanding of who you are before him. There is much much spiritual darkness in our world, Jesus' light shines into it. 
And here's what you and I are called to do. We as followers of the light, as carriers of the light, we are called to go into the dark world with that light and to call people into the kingdom of light, even if it remains a riddle to others. If you have your Bibles, won't you open them to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, this particular passage is told in different ways in three other books of the Bible. And three other Gospels, both in Matthew and Mark as well. And then Jesus in the Gospel of John picks up the theme of light in a different way. But here's what Jesus says, and it comes on the heels of just two weeks ago when our youth led our service and Chris did so well at preaching about the sower and the seed and the parable of Jesus and how the kingdom is like that seed and the different soils of receptivity to that seed. And this comes in Luke's version right on the heels of that. Mark also places it in this same area. Here's what it says, just a couple of verses here, beginning in verse 16, Luke chapter 8. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be made known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. That's worth repeating. Consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. God's kingdom is now present on earth. Jesus, in another area of the Bible, describes himself as the gatekeeper, the one who opens the gate and and welcomes people to come in, all who would come in and be accepted by Him and to bow their knee in joyful humility to Him. The the gate is opened by Jesus and the invitation is to come and be with Him, to come and sit at His royal table and to be uh, blessed by His presence and blessed by a relationship with Him. But the ministry of Jesus, the message that He proclaimed, remained for some, even in His day, for some who who walked beside Him and stood on the mountainsides and listened to Him teach and even watched Him perform miracles or cast out demons or um, walk on the water. People still, still, His message remained a riddle for some. In fact, He said that the secrets of the kingdom of God, that is referring to His own ministry, is given to you, and He speaks in parables That though seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand, for some it remains a riddle because they've not yet accepted into their life the reality of Christ. The life and the message and the ministry of Jesus for some was puzzling, even though He had performed these miracles, even though He had calmed the waters, even though He had calmed the storms, even though He was one who taught with surprising authority. People were amazed that he would speak. And it wasn't just that he spoke really loud. And it wasn't just that he spoke with anger. Jesus is described as one who speaks with authority. We love to throw around this word gravitas in recent years. I couldn't imagine anyone that I've ever met that would have the gravitas that Jesus must have had. When people heard him speak and they interacted with him, they walked away and they were amazed. Not everybody accepted, but they were amazed at the authority with which he spoke, the authority with which he taught. 
in His person. It would have been something to behold. Jesus taught with surprising authority and power. He, um, to use modern day lingo, as, as in the Lego movie, Jesus really was the special. In fact, He was more than just the special. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. The Son of God. God in the flesh. God come to earth to show us the way as the light giver and the light himself. But this idea for some remained a riddle. And so when Jesus would teach the deeper connections and understandings, it would remain a mystery for some. But there are those, the Bible says in verse 18 of our passage, there are some, those who would listen carefully, those who who would enter into the kingdom of Jesus and, and begin to grow in their understanding of God. And as, they, and as they understand the basic reality of Jesus' kingdom, they are given more. In other words, they, they grow more and more in their knowledge. To those who have, the Bible says, will be given more. To those who, who don't respond to the call of Jesus and to His good news and enter and come in, the Scripture says that even what He thinks He has it will be taken from him. What that person will find, and what they call wisdom, he'll find at the end that ultimately it is shown to be empty or aimed in the wrong direction. Jesus says that no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bed. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? No one lights a lamp and puts it under a jar. If you get up in the middle of the night and you turn the light switch on, have you done it by accident? You may not realize you're doing it because you're in such a sleep super, but you've done it. On purpose. But if you take a light, I'm nervous about doing this thing. Because my jar is not very big. No, that's true. You think I can? I didn't do this in the first service because I was a little nervous. Jesus says we don't light a light and then put it under a jar. Kids, children, hear that. I want you to watch this candle. And when you see it changing or anything happening to it, would you let me know? Let me know, okay? Well, hope it doesn't shatter. Jesus says you don't light a light and put it under a jar. You don't turn on the light and then shove it under a bed. Right? If you turn the light on... Okay. It went out. The extinguishing of the light. We don't light light. We don't turn things on just to turn them back off again. If we need them, we turn them on. And so Jesus would have us come and understand... That's my magic trick. That's as good as I get. Jesus says, no one lights a light and puts it under a jar. No one lights this light and then goes and hides it again. Instead, we of course, we put it up. We put it on display because the light is intended to be seen. It's intended to be used. It's intended to be enjoyed. It's intended to be have function and purpose in our lives. Those who would listen carefully will follow him in his light-giving work. Our role in God's kingdom is this. We are called to grow in our relationship with the Lord. Jesus would said in Matthew chapter 11, to come to me and learn from me. Our lives as students of Jesus... As men and women, doesn't matter, we, we celebrated Ken Aiken's 89th birthday a little bit in the first service. 
doesn't matter if we're 89 years old or if we're 9 years old when Jesus has laid a claim on your life and you've given your life to Him, you are called now for the rest of your days, for the rest of your breaths on this planet, you are called to be one who learns from Jesus. And so we are called to be people, doesn't matter how old or how young, but we are called to be people in continual growth and development. That Jesus is being shaped in us and we are seeing his personality. Maybe more importantly, other people are seeing the presence and person of Jesus in you. Come and grow in the kingdom. Our role in God's kingdom is to point others to the resurrection and to invite them into his kingdom. In fact, in Matthew's version of this passage, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says that you, you, church, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before people so that they may see your good deeds and celebrate your Father in heaven. So we are called to grow and to let the light of Christ burn brightly in us. And then we are told to go and show that light to the people around us and to point them to the resurrection and invite them into the kingdom of heaven. And thirdly, our role in the kingdom is to be light growers, light sharers, and to rejoice with those in whom spiritual darkness is replaced by the light of Jesus as it shines in them. In John chapter 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, in the first century in the Roman world, after Jesus was raised from the dead, and then that kind of... Shocking moment for those early disciples. Jesus ascended back into heaven and he disappears in the clouds. And we're told we are to wait until Jesus comes back in a similar fashion to the way he just left. And we're told to wait and we're told to follow. And what what we're told that Jesus says before he departs is he says, You wait and you'll receive power from on high. And when that power comes on you, you will become my witnesses. In Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and even to the very ends of the earth. And that work continues even now. That we are the light receivers and the light givers of Jesus. That is our role. And in the first century Roman world, it wasn't in grand crusades uh, like Billy Graham did. All those have their great place. And maybe they will again. But it wasn't large auditoriums and palaces filled with people. The gospel went and the light went from one life to another. From one life to another. And if most of us were to share our testimonies at this moment, we would talk about the significant people in our lives where the light of Jesus burned in them and I watched it and I watched it and I learned from them and I realized the reality and the goodness of the gospel and they helped me understand my brokenness and sin and my need for a Savior, and that Jesus has come to deliver me out of darkness so that I might walk in His kingdom of light. And you know what? That that is not the end of the story, though. Because as one who walks in the light, we are called then to go and let our light shine. We are called to be people like 
who have been in your life, likely, to demonstrate the life and light of Jesus into the other people around you. So, I ask you this morning, how are the people around you going to be brought out of their spiritual darkness? How are they going to do it? I know one way is by you and me pointing them to the light of Jesus. That's how it works. It's how it's always worked. They see in the resurrection and they hear it through your lips and they watch even in your imperfect life, but they watch your life and your light burns to the glory of God. Do you know the people around you? Do you know in your neighborhood, we've got a, our uh, graphic here that we're going to be looking at more and more. But do you know, for the gospel's sake, do you know the people who live around you? Do you know them by name? Do you know how to pray for them? Do you know how to be looking and listening and waiting for an opportunity when God opens that moment that you might give voice to the gospel? When an opportunity comes up to serve them and to love on them? Are you able to rearrange your life for the gospel's sake? So that the light of Jesus can go forth through you. You see, there's so much in our world that wants to overwhelm the light. There's so much in the world that wants to suffocate the light. There's so much in the world that wants to fill our schedules and to take priority over everything of the Lord in our lives. But Jesus says that the light, we don't... We don't shine the light and then put a jar over it. And we don't cover it over and shove it under a bed. The light is shining and it's meant to illuminate. The light is shining and it's meant to draw people to it. Do you know the people who live around you? Do you know if you're one who works 60 or 70 hours a week? Do you take an interest in the people in your workplace for the gospel's sake? Would you begin to pray this week that God would open your heart toward the people who are in greatest proximity to you, would you begin to pray for them? And, and maybe you would say, gosh, I don't even know the person who lives two doors down. Maybe that's part of your prayer. God, give me an opportunity. Give me the courage. Give me whatever I need to begin to at least know who this person is. God, open my eyes to the people that you want your light to be uh, given to. You want your light to come into their darkness and, and help me be somehow a conduit, a, a go-between with you and this person so that through me, your light might illumine their darkness. My friends, I, I hope by the end of this year that every one of us, that this becomes a constant part of what we think about, is how is God working through my life to touch the lives around me for the gospel's sake? You have a light to offer into their spiritual darkness. Father, we pray this morning that you would help us in this matter. We pray, God, that uh, we're so thankful that, that you help us in these things, that we're not just told to talk about it, but we are ones who have been touched and our lives have been illumined by your light. Our spiritual darkness has been chased away. And so help us to see how your light would be fanned into greater flame in us so that we can let our good deeds bring glory to you, God, so that others would be touched with the light of, of Jesus. Help us with that, we pray.
please, we need to be those who go into this county with so many lives who don't know and have not yet received Christ, who need to hear, who need to be welcomed, and who need to be given the light. So help us be your partners in that task, we pray, Jesus. It's in your name that we ask it all.